Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. everyone. It's such a privilege to bring the word to your home today, um, to all of our C3 church family. And uh, in prison, in your car, in your, uh, maybe you're on a treadmill, wherever you are, whether you're sitting up in your bed, I pray that this message, it actually has the potential to change your life and change your health, should you choose to apply it. And uh, to begin with, I just want to pray because what I've prepared today is what I believe is directly from God's heart through my heart to yours. And I understand with so many people tuned in, so many hearts at different places, especially in the current environment, some people will be fearful, some will be feeling a bit despondent or discouraged. And I want to speak into that because God's word is the only thing that can actually bring life and bring truth and bring perspective. So if you're able to right now, just pop your hand on your heart and I really pray that right now into your room, wherever you are, that God will speak to you and literally bring hope and life and bring lasting change, transformation, not just because of Rachel, but because God is speaking to you directly through this screen right now. So Lord Jesus, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that is about to hear your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And your word is also discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so often our hearts are, are weary, our hearts are worried, our hearts are confused, our hearts are discouraged. But right now, by the power of your word, bring clarity, bring courage, bring conviction. Oh Lord, I pray that every heart whether we're near or far from you, would be drawn closer to you today. We'd be aware that you're right with us right here, right now. So Lord, for every heart, divide this message up hundreds of ways, thousands of ways. Whether you're in England or overseas, I pray, God, that this word will go forth and will not return empty, but will prosper in the thing to which is sent right now to every life and every heart in Jesus' name. Have you ever heard words that have literally knocked the sails, knocked the life, knocked the wind out of your sails, or just sucked the life out of you? You know, we're, we're called to be life givers, and especially right in this season as, as Christians and, and as, as people of God, the, to be able to speak life into a situation. You can say, that's all well and good, Rach, but, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to exercise. I've been, I've been productive today and I've, I've, I've cooked for the family or I've um, done some study or whatever it is you're doing just during this time. And then you turn on the news and you hear something um, and hear what's happening in the, in the current uh, situation in our world, this current pandemic. And then you might have a phone call from a friend that's contracted a disease or, or or someone that's concerned for a loved one, or you hear a bad report maybe from someone you know well or your own family, and suddenly your heart can just go, oh, and you were feeling full of life, and then you can suddenly feel like you've got nothing left to give. You know, words can be like leeches, now, words can be life-giving. A leech, if it attaches to your skin, it actually can suck eight milliliters of blood in one minute. 
And, and it can stay bleeding for up to seven hours and stay on your skin for, I think, up to, up to a week. It's pretty crazy. They can carry diseases. And the thought of a leech attaching is horrible enough. But it can actually enter your body through an external orifice and attach inside. Words can come on us and we need to get good with the power of God's Word at brushing them off or we can allow them to attach internally and it affects our day-to-day communication with others, communication with God and our own self-talk. We can sometimes be our own worst enemy. Anyone with me on that one? I'm good. So my beautiful mentor, Margaret Stunt, says, Rachel, you're good at telling everyone else how to be positive and speak life, but your self-talk is terrible. Sometimes the words we speak to ourselves can pull us down. And these emotional or spiritual leeches can suck out our energy, our passion, our creativity for life. And those are the things that keep us life-giving. I like to call them soul suckers. How many know somebody around you that's a soul sucker? Now, don't look at your husband right now. Don't look at your friend beside you. This is the time to speak life. But we're looking for wisdom at this season in our lives. Our whole world, we need wisdom. And the great wisdom book of the Bible from Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life in the power of the tongue. Words can be life-giving. Words can be leeches. Our words literally have the power to change the atmosphere around us, change our thinking, change our physical response. And I know that words, since my husband and I, um, we've got a couple of girls. We've got a 20-year-old Melody and a 15-year-old Mercy. Maybe pop the picture of our family up on the screen. But we lived in Australia for 15 years. We're pastoring over there in Hillsong Church. And we moved back a year and a half ago. And having met your wonderful pastors, Steve and Angie Campbell, they are literally life givers. Because we've not only grown to love this church and, and, and love the team and the family, but they've become really great friends. And when you've got people in your world, and it's been 18 months since we've been back in England now, back to our roots, back to God's country, but we've relied on people like them, friends that are doing similar work, building God's house as we are, that will speak life and encouragement. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be on this platform today. But our words can literally change the way we see ourselves. In fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I love that she's a Christian psychologist, and she talks about the changes in our brain that occur with our words. And she said research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illness actually comes from one's thought life. If you realized how powerful your thoughts, and therefore your words are, you would never think or speak another negative word. British culture can be naturally negative. I grew up in England, so I can say that. But having moved back from Australia a year and a half ago, I'd be walking around the shop saying, hi, being my positive, breezy kind of self, naturally positive, but the Aussies are very positive. I think it's their good weather. And, uh, and I'd be saying, hi, and people would look at me like, who are you? Do I know you? And, and I'm like, yeah, you can get to know me. And, and I realize it's actually more than British culture. Talking positively and bringing life is kingdom culture. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and, steal and kill and destroy, but I have come 
that you might have life and life in its fullness, life till it overflows. So if the eyes are the window to the soul, then words are the gateway to the mind. And words represent our thoughts and our words initiate action. A great example of life-giving words that literally changed the destiny of a whole nation of people is from Numbers chapter 13. And you can read this yourself now. Open it up. It will have the scriptures on your screen. Or you can read it yourself later. But it's such an incredible story of God bringing his people out of slavery, out of Egypt into the promised land. And as they were entering this land that God said at the beginning of Numbers 13, I will give you this land. It's already yours. And so what happens is Moses sends 12 spies to go and check out the land. I'm going to see practically what was needed and how they were going to be able to strategically put a plan in place to overcome this land. And so they go into the promised land and 12 of them, 10 of them come back with a good report. Those life-giving words. Two, sorry, two come back with a good report, life-giving words. And 10 come back with soul-sucking words. Those words literally changed the destiny of those people that were in the wilderness heading to the promised land at that time. What they saw determined what they thought, which determined what they said. So soul-sucking words, you want to listen to them. Numbers 13, 28 says, they said the only thing is, they'd seen the fruit, they'd seen all the good, but they focused on the only thing is, these people are fierce, their cities are huge, They are well fortified. Worse yet, we saw the descendants of the giant Anak. It then goes on to say in verse 31, we can't attack these people. They're way stronger than we are. It's a land that swallows people whole. That's crazy. Everybody we saw was huge. We saw the Nephilim giants and alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers. They looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. And in verse 33, it says, And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. When you see yourself like a grasshopper, others will too. Soul-sucking words often dramatize the facts. Now, the results of soul-sucking words, research shows that we prevent the production of certain stress management neurochemicals. I'm fascinated by the psychology of, of recovery and because I was a physiotherapist for 15 years. And we found that you can have two patients that have the same thing wrong with them. One of them decides they're going to tackle this with absolute positivity and they speak life over their bodies and it makes all the difference. Because neurochemicals, the oxytocin that we release in our brain actually helps us to reduce stress levels and therefore increase our immunity. But when we speak negative words, oxytocin is almost depleted and it therefore heightens our stress levels and reduces our immunity. So this is what happened. If you look in Numbers chapter 14, the results of these soul-sucking words, first of all, they'll make you more emotional. They wept all night, it says in verse 1. 
Number two, they will cause you to carry a critical spirit. They complained. Number three, they will cause you to question God's call and purpose. In verse three. Number four, they will make you look back. It was better then. Number five, it will cause you to blame someone. It'll blame, you'll blame bosses, you'll blame family. We can blame government. There's someone to blame when you're fearful and you're listening to, to soul-sucking words. They were saying it'd be better if we were back in Egypt, back in the good old days. And the worst thing is, number six, soul-sucking words will keep you from your destiny. This is one of the most saddest scriptures in the whole of the Bible. They had the hassle of getting out of Egypt. They're en route to the promised land. Yet in Numbers 14, 22, it says, Because these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did, they were good people, yet they've not heeded my voice. They've listened to a bad report. They certainly shall not see the land that I swore to their fathers. That makes me feel so sad because you're watching today. Each of you have a purpose and a destiny and a plan and a calling. Your personality is shaped. Your heart beats faster for the things that you love. And God is wanting to take you into that place. And right now it might feel like it's on hold, but God is actually working this together for your good. Think about this. There were three million Israelites that came out of Egypt. How many spies gave a bad report? Ten. Ten negative reports prevented three million people from possessing the promised land. Each tongue influenced 300,000 people. So do you want to hear about the good, the good words, those life-giving words? So two brought a good report. Caleb stands up and quietens the people in Numbers 13, 30 and says, let us go up at once for we are well able to overcome it. You are well able to overcome this situation that we find ourselves in. And then in verse seven, he says, the land we pass through is an exceedingly good land. The Lord delights in us. He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Do not fear the people of the land. Their protection has departed from them, but the Lord is with us. How many feel better already? The Lord is with us. The Lord is with you right now in that prison. The Lord is with you, whether you're sitting with your family or you're on your own. He is very present help in time of need. He's with you. So some practicalities to take notes. If you're taking notes, God's word needs to be applied to our lives like a good deodorant so that we are able to help each other and bring life and change the atmosphere around us and be thermostats. So number one, life-giving words will always move you forwards and others forward. So Caleb says, let's go up at once. We're well able so right now in this season, speak to each other's potential. Say, come on, you've got this. You can do this. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Don't tread water in this season. Don't, don't feel like I'm stepping back. In fact, C3 Church is stepping forward massively. It's, it's going out to a wider audience than ever before. People are tuning in because they need hope. 
It's a time where, you know, you might write a book, you might write a song, you might have time investing in a marriage, in a family that needs to be stronger, and it can actually propel you forwards in this season. Frame your world with your words. Number two, life-giving words expel fear. Joshua and Caleb said, do not fear in verse nine. God's protection has departed from them and God is with us. Remember, negativity causes stress levels to increase. So surround yourself with life-giving words. Prioritize praise over fear and doubt. The presence of God is something that will enable you to keep strong, to keep, the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. I know my daughter, Mercy, when we'd been back in England for about three months, she, she got the flu. Now, she was getting quite anxious because she'd missed her friends in Australia and my daughter, Melody, was still there. And she'd had this high temperature for quite a while. I was trying to get it down with paracetamol. It wasn't helping And she was getting fearful and she was getting anxious and she was shaking and a bit of a panic thing going on. I remember praying for her and nothing really changed. And I saw her Bible sitting beside her bed. And it was the passion paraphrase of the Bible that she'd been given at a a color conference in Australia. And she had the, the page folded down to where she was at. And it was from Psalm 41. I said, Mercy, why don't we just read, see what God has to say? today to us because she's used to us turning to the word often as we do as a family in the highs and the lows and for direction but right then she was too sick to look at it she had her back turned to me she was crying I said this is what it says it's the page she was up to it says I need you Lord and she says yeah I do need him and I kept reading this is what it said when they are sick God will restore them Lying on their bed of suffering, he will raise them up again and restore them back to health. So in my sickness, I say to you, Lord, be my kind healer. Heal my body and soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. Heal me, oh God. She turned around and she said, Mom, you're making that up. I said, Seriously, that's what God's word said. It happened to be open at that place today. I had to go downstairs because I was, I was washing out. I was dyeing my hair, dyeing the roots at the time. Yeah, we have to look after those things as we get a bit older. I came back upstairs after 10 minutes. She was sat up in bed, had her iPhone on, playing a song. The atmosphere is changing now. The spirit of the Lord is here. A miracle can happen now. And the atmosphere literally had changed in that room. She said, Mom, I don't feel sick anymore. I took her temperature. Her temperature had gone down. She was completely well. I was due to preach in church that next day. And she says, Mom, are you going to use that as an example? And I told her today that I'd be sharing it with you because it'll help build faith. Because no matter how small, whether it's a flu or whether it's something bigger, whatever your situation, God is your healer. And as we speak words of life right into our room, right to our bedside table, today, He can give you the lift that you need in your body and your soul. I love that God can expel fear with our life-giving words. Number three, life-giving words may be the minority. You can feel outnumbered. You know, the ratio of 10 to 2. 
You might feel like the only one in this current season bringing the positive words of life when everyone is speaking doom and gloom. Shut down negative conversation. Yes, listen to words of advice from authority, but keep speaking faith that God is with us and He's for us. If negativity is the majority in some people's lives, they won't understand. They, they might accuse you of being naive. I'm, I'm naturally very positive. And I remember a leader that I respected once said of me a few years back that I was naive and over-spiritual. And it actually got inside of me like those leeches. I allowed it to get inside and it actually sucked the life out of me. It affected my communication and what I was doing for for others and speaking publicly at the time. And I had to get it out of my system with God's word. I had to remember of what he's put inside me that is unique. I had to remember that God has called me to be a life giver. I learned that we must act in a way that's consistent with our thinking. What we say in our minds and what comes out of our mouth, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so often we become exhausted trying to be someone else that we're actually not. So many young people today get tired because they're trying to act in a manner that is inconsistent with what's in their heart. So be who you are. Be life-giving. Number four, Life-giving words come from prioritizing the presence of God. Joshua, who stood up to speak to the people, he brought a good report. It says in Exodus 33:11, "The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. But Joshua, he would return so Moses would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He prioritized the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God and we're not meeting in church right now, but we're online and we can make our home a place, a sacred place of worship. Every morning we can pray, let the words of my mouth from Psalm 19 and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. When you've been with God in his presence, you're so much nicer. I'm nicer. And I'm more able to speak life-giving words. Remember, he is with you. Number five, life-giving words come from a different spirit. In Numbers 14, 24, it says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit in him and he's followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Be known as a young man, an older man, a young woman, an older woman. Be known as someone who has a different spirit, who follows God wholeheartedly, full of faith, a spirit of faith and not fear. It's interesting that all the representatives that went out from the various tribes of Israel, Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. And Judah means praise. Caleb knew about the presence of God, but he also knew how to praise God. Prioritizing praise at this season will make you more able to speak life. Praising thanksgiving lifts our level of expectation. What you expect is realized. 
Praise God regularly and then praise others. Encourage them for the great job that you're doing. Speak life into your spouse. Speak life into those that are around you. Tell them what a great uh, thing that they're doing when they're spending time in God's Word or when they are speaking life into each other and changing the atmosphere. You know, whether it's, it's isolation, whether you're worried about your business, whether you're concerned about loved ones, whatever you is in your heart right now, can I encourage you not to overthink, but to thank. A good friend of mine encouraged me, Rach, don't overthink it. I had a moment this week where I was overthinking. My daughter Melody is in Australia and I was concerned because she wasn't feeling that well and thought, do I go there? Does she come here? And, I, and then I'm thinking about my, my older parents and mom that's got a pre-existing condition. And, and I start to overthink, you know how we do? And I chose right then, I need to start blessing the Lord and praising Him. In Psalm 91, it's a good psalm for us to read right now. It says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in Him. I will trust. In Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be, where? In my mouth. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, the part of me that makes me me will boast in God and the humble will hear and be glad. When you start praising God, others around will feel better. So as you keep worship in your home, declaring how good God is, how what He's done in the past, what He is yet to do, it encourages others around you. It changes the atmosphere. You know what I love as I bring this message to a close? Even if you are ready and you're asking God for your miracle, you're believing for your breakthrough and you're saying, Rachel, that's all well and good. It hasn't happened yet. We're in this time where we feel like... We don't know what's, it's the unknown. And it can feel delayed, your miracle, your answer to prayer. Joshua had to wait 40 years to enter the promised land. But you know what? During that time, he did not give up. He kept speaking life-giving words. And it says in Joshua chapter 1, as they're about to enter the land and he's speaking to the next generation and I declare it over you today, C3 Church, over you today, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, the book of the law, that's this word, will not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, be of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Your God is is with you. I want to pray for you right now. And maybe if you want to pop your hand on your heart again, I'm going to pray that the words I've, I've, I've delivered and given to you today, they will have gone deep into your heart and you will be able to be the life-giving 
person and not the leech that will suck the life out of those around you and over yourself. And maybe someone like me, somebody has spoken something over you and you need to let that go right now. And maybe some of us, we need to just lift our voice and praise God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. The God who will be with us wherever we go. So right now, hand on your heart, Lord, I pray for every person from the youngest to the oldest, that we will stand strong at this time, that we will speak life-giving words, that those words that have been spoken over us, that have, have, have tried to soul suck, tried to suck the life, God, we pray that right now you would replenish with your life-giving words. And anybody that is sick right now, we speak your word through this screen. And I thank you that you are their healer. You are their kind healer, just as you healed my daughter. And you've healed many of us many times that you are able right now. And so Lord, we thank you that we are all pursuing the destiny and the purpose and plan that you have for our lives. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you honour for all that you have done and all that you are going to do in and through our lives in this nation and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast we pray it's been a blessing to you why not share it with your friends and family through social media if you're not on the regular podcast list then why don't you subscribe thank you especially to those that give if you want to give to this ministry you can go to our website thec3.uk slash giving and get involved god bless you